Welcome, friends. We're Dana and Victoria, and this is Reconnecting with Pleasure, a podcast that helps you find more joy, presence, and so much pleasure by reconnecting with yourself and your desires. We're two moms, coaches, and all-around badass bitches who are obsessed with changing rules and always seeking more. More joy, more fun, more orgasms, more pleasure, more eating. And we want you to have it all, too. Hi, friends. Hello, hello. We are back for another episode of the Reconnecting with Pleasure podcast. We are Victoria. Dana. And Dana. (laughs) And then we're so excited to be back. Recently, we've been talking a lot about how we're obsessed with the idea of more people living a pleasure-centered lifestyle. And every time I see it in one of our emails or hear it or say it, I'm like, yes, even more than the time before. Pleasure-centered lifestyle. And so we decided that today we should talk about like, what does that mean to us? And how do we have it? And also when I hear pleasure-centered lifestyle, Low-key, I think about like Kylie Jenner taking her private jet for like a three-minute ride or like a yacht in Saint-Tropez or like things that sound really fun to think about but are like wildly inaccessible. And I don't think that we mean that everyone should be a multi-millionaire to have the pleasure-centered lifestyle of like things dripping in gold and caviar but that we can all find a way of being in our own life and world that centers pleasure. What do you think, Dana? I I agree. And I think that, I think we both grew up in the time of Robin Leach's lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? Like, yes. With champagne dreams and caviar. I don't, I don't remember what <laughs> Caviar dreams. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And it's not about that. Like, although... One might argue that that sounds lovely (laughs) Um, and that's not realistic for most people. Like yachts and caviar and champagne. I think I'm more um, Prosecco than champagne and I'm more tilapia than caviar. Um, (laughs) And I think both of those extremely pleasurable. I mean, I won't pretend that I don't love a glass of champagne because I do. Um, And in fact, when I die, I hope that my funeral is actually a party where everyone is drinking champagne um, because I think that there is something about it that does feel pleasurable and joyful. Mm -hmm. But I, that to me is an exception. I think about like the days where I treat myself to a latte in my local coffee shop where the person who I know who says good morning to me, who knows how to make my coffee, hands me a delicious, frothy concoction made to order. Like that is the kind of pleasure I'm chasing. And truly, it's like maybe once a week, most of the time. And it still feels so delightful and lavish to me. Babe, I love it. Like as soon as I walk into my local coffee shop and my Mary says, good morning, Dana. (laughs) I swear it adds the extra foam to my latte. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing better than that. And it feels such like such a such a simple thing, but it happens and I enjoy it. And that first sip, I went to a different coffee shop this morning. Same local brand. 
I forgot my almond syrup. That was not pleasurable mm-hmm. for me because this is the I, only local place that has almond that will make an almond latte. Like they're the only place that has almond syrup, and that was the one thing that they forgot. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It was still. It was. It was a fine latte, but fine isn't good enough when they they cost money. It's not Mary, and it's not Mary. You invest in your pleasure, whether it's time effort energy money the people that you keep around you like all of these things are pieces of that puzzle and mm-hmm. yeah when you put effort into it and it doesn't quite go right it's fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> i was like i could have just gotten a really delicious cup of coffee and it would have been great too yeah that's a bummer <laughs> Also, I wonder if if Mary knows that she is like the guest star on this podcast, because I feel like this is maybe the third time we've chatted about <laughs> Mary and she's been brought into our conversations. We should have her on the show one day. Oh, um, totally. But I even think like, um, I even think like going beyond buying anything, right? I drink tea in the morning. I grew up, my, my mom's side of the family is British. It's like, um, I get my tea, British tea bags that I order online from England I have my own ritual. I have two different teacups that I use that are um, not ceramic. They're China and they came from England. One, my mom gifted me like, God, 15 years ago. The other one, my aunt got for me. Like there's, there's like, it's a, it's a mug that has meaning to me. It's a process. So like I have an electric kettle. I get up, I turn the kettle on, I put my tea bag in. When the kettle pops, I pour it while it's boiling and the steam comes up and then I let it steep and then I add my milk. And then I go back to my bed and I bring my tea with me and I sit, even if it's for two minutes because my kids are wild and needing fucking everything under the sun um, or because I'm running late and my workday starts or whatever it is. But even if it's for two minutes, I sit in my bed and I take a couple of sips of my tea and I feel the hot tea in my mouth, the way it smells, like I drink it. I drink it slowly. I take a couple of breaths. I smile at myself. I think about my day. And I think to me, that is even more pleasurable than when I spend money on something mm-hmm. that brings me pleasure because it's like a really deeply rooted decision that no matter how hectic the morning can be, I am going to take this moment to drink my fucking tea because I deserve that. And by the way, I'm then much better with my children and meeting all their needs because I took a minute for myself. Absolutely. I love that. I am not a huge tea drinker in the morning. Sometimes, okay, so I'm lying. I'm lying and I'm not lying. Um, so after we got back from Florida, I was like, this is the thing that Victoria does in the morning. I'm going to try this. And so I love it. <laughs> Because just as a side note, when we were in Florida, we were on a retreat and we went to, we had a tea ceremony, which we could talk about another time, but that's how we also kind of started talking about tea, right? It's true. We had two tea ceremonies. Yeah. Be very specific. And they were so, so lovely. At first, I was like, this is going to be the hokiest thing ever. But it was the most enlightening and, I don't know, transforming. I would say experience it beautiful. like it was absolutely beautiful and we will talk about that in another episode um but yeah like I started like drinking like a cup of tea in the morning I don't do it I've not done it every morning but I would probably say about 
three times a week if I have time, like that, like getting back in the bed and, and that kind of thing. I'm like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try what Victoria does. And I will say it is absolutely lovely. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so glad that rubbed off on you and you tried it. <laughs> I tried it and I like it. Um, every day, probably not. Like, I think I give myself a shit ton of time in the morning to get myself together so incredibly at a snail's pace that it's ridiculous and sometimes that snail is so slow that it leaves little time for anything that's actual other than the process of making my coffee which I probably put the same amount of effort that Victoria puts into her cup of tea um but like it I just I don't know what I did before coffee you're speaking this like beautiful to my Taurus baby's spirit that I sometimes am like, there doesn't have to be a good reason to go at a snail's pace because I fucking want to is enough for a Taurus. And I love your, I will go as slow as I want to. Girl, I move so slow. <laughs> so does my kid. I'm like, what the right do? What are you, what are you, what are you rushing to? Like there's, there are things at the end of the line, I guess, but like nothing that's not going to be there when I get there. I love it. If I got to be there, I got to be there. And like when it's our, was it our very first episode? We talked about like being late or was it the second episode? Yeah. But I think that opened up our relationship even more around like, <laughs> what is it every single time we're, we're scheduled to meet? one of us or both of us this morning it was both of us at the same time i sent a message on boxer and you texted me at the same time where we're like running late <laughs> oh my god i didn't even i never even saw your message i only <laughs> saw that i sent mine but this is what happens it's so we're scheduled and we schedule at 10 o'clock within 10 minutes of generally five to 10 minutes before one of us texts and pushes back Generally, at least 15. Minutes. At least 15. <laughs> but then my favorite part is we push back 15 minutes and then we were still five minutes late. <laughs> and we're both like, hey, hi. And for me, a pleasure-centered life is not one where I have to rush. Now, that doesn't mean to not be mindful of other people's time, but we always overschedule time. Mm -hmm. So we have more than enough time so we don't have to rush. And we both know that we're going to do, we're going to accomplish more and the quality is going to be better if we show up 15 minutes late and not rushed and relaxed versus if we twist ourselves to be here on time and we spend 15 minutes just mm -hmm. fucking decompressing mm -hmm. from all the stress of being, uh, having to be on time. Right. It's fine. This is a pleasure centered life to me. I want to, if, if my, it, like the other day, it was like, I just wanted to go get a cup of coffee. And I was like, I just wanted to go get one of my yummy lattes that I just described mm -hmm. about the joy and pleasure it brings me. So I'm going to be late because I want to go get coffee. And Dana is one of the very few people who's like, girl, I get it. Get your coffee. Enjoy it. Savor it. Don't you dare rush back and I'll see you when we're done. We're good. We are. We are. We will have a day. And I think part of what took me so long this morning is I went to pick up my dog from the kennel because um, I was out of town and... I stopped to get that latte that was missing my almond syrup. Um, <laughs> this is rude. This is absolutely fine. 
Um, but I think back to like things that we find pleasurable or pleasure-centered life and what that might entail for Victoria and I. So I want to share that one of the things that brings me the most joy is live music. I have to share this. And every year I go to Newport Folk Festival, which is like when I say every year since 2016. So not every year before that. In that 2020, which was extremely sad. And I feel like all of the magic was sucked out of my year just from the one thing in cancel. And I know 2020 was a horrible, horrible year for many reasons. And this was like that cherry on top of all of the reasons. Um, but like to sit back and watch people enjoy live music. And yes, this is the second music festival in, on our podcast that I'm talking about this summer because this is how I roll. Um, but to watch people just being together in spaces again, there were so many people. Um, but singing and laughing and talking to people that they've never, they've never met. And, you know, like you turn next to the person like, oh my God, this artist is amazing. But I will say the, ch the cherry on top of Newport Folk Festival this year was Joni Mitchell coming out of wherever Joni has been um, to do amazing things and perform the full set first time in over 20 years and first time back to Newport folk festival since 1969 like amazing 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 but i will say like also the sun was shining right <laughs> it was so hot the sun was shining there were no clouds in the sky all of a sudden as she's coming out on the stage fog came from nowhere and if you're not familiar which i can't assume that anybody would be um, this is a music festival that also happens on the water in Newport, Rhode Island. And so there's boats in the water, people listening from their boats. They can, you can hear everything, um, from a boat, but I was on land, sadly. Um, but literally fog came out of nowhere for this magical moment and you couldn't see not one boat in the water. Like it was so thick. I think that was Joni's magic. That was pleasurable. But added to the whole like vibe and like feeling of of this, and it was the last set on the last day. First of all, I have total envy. Folk festivals have never really been my thing, and hearing you talk mm -hmm. about how much you love it makes me want to do it. I think you should. Like I think that I think you would love it. Like it was hot. I, when I say hot weekend, I mean like I'm no I mean it it said eighty four or eighty five. I was like, these are lies. What yeah, it was hot. They speak of it was hot. Like there was and the air was thick. I felt like I was swimming through it. But it was so worth it. And I, I, I feel like the way you just described the like um the the fog rolling in and the scene is also about pleasure um mm -hmm. because i think it's what we choose to see like i think some people are like oblivious to that or they're like what's this this is weird and some people are like oh my god that was magic and that moment happened 
exactly on time and perfectly for this moment with Joni Mitchell and me and this crowd of people. And I, I think that sometimes for me, a pleasure-centered life is one where I just decide that the world we live in is absolutely magical and abundant and I can take notice of it and I can decide that like I get to be in this moment right now seeing this thing because life is just that good. Like it was all here for me. Like I live by the beach, so I take it a, a walk to the beach almost every single day. And um, often, especially in the summer, dolphins will swim by in the morning. And so here I am with my tea and this beautiful beach and the ocean's kind of calm and then dolphins swim. And I will literally just like feel it right in my whole body and think like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like the universe just gave me this moment just for me. And like, I hesitate sometimes to say that, especially like as a white person where like the world was actually designed for me. There's a lot of like gross sides to that. But the flip side right. is like, I can see that moment as like, wow, this, the whole universe can try to make this moment happen and I can savor it. And I, I find that like, to me, that's where pleasure lies. It's in the desire to be mm -hmm. the magic. Um, I went to the aquarium the other day. And there's all the big fish that are just like amazing and extraordinary. But I sat mm -hmm. there and I started looking at the coral and like all the tiny little organisms and flowies and the and the fish hiding in the coral and the way that it like protects them and provides food. And, and I just was again, like, yeah, the sharks are really cool. And these big tropical fish are really cool. But like this whole ecosystem is like actually magical. It is extraordinary. And the same kind of nature, mother earth that created this created me. Maybe I have the same kind of magic as is in here. And, and, and I, to me, like that is, that is the source of almost all of my pleasure comes in just deciding to see it. I love that. Yeah, I think that, I don't know if I've ever considered it as like made for me, but like there's something about like just standing and standing still and thinking about like, I am just like a very small part of everything around me. Yeah, there's so much like there are storms that can be tragic and completely devastating and also beautiful in some ways and like how much of the earth is still like we're just like <laughs> we're such a small part of it and the world is going to continue to do what it needs to do it sure is the world earth i don't have um the planet is going to do what it needs to do. It's going to be, it's going to be, and we continue to contribute to it in negative ways that make everything way more intense than it needs to be. But that's mm -hmm. a, a different podcast. Um, but just like standing in the rain or standing in the wind and letting the wind blow in your face or listening to the leaves rustle or listening to the waves crashing like that was like one of the beautiful I don't I do not live near water and I appreciate it so much when I'm near water and so Airbnb I stayed in was across the street from the water and to be able to like get up and make a couple coffee in the morning and walk over and 
sit and just listen to the waves or just the water moving mm-hmm. it's so beautiful can't help but think about like what's in the water and everything I don't know like where has this water where else has this this water been yep yeah right like they're shelled and like where have you know where have these clams been <laughs> it's just like it blows your mind and you start thinking about it in such a a granular level yeah <laughs> yeah it is though and and again like there's there's so much magic in it and it's so extraordinary mm-hmm. And I think it's a reminder that like just getting to be alive and and witness it is extraordinary. And here's the thing. Is there privilege even in our capacity to have the time to like spend a few minutes yeah. in the morning by the beach? Yes, there is. Yeah. Um, and so and it doesn't we don't have to be millionaires to have a pleasure centered life. So many of us have more access to time than we think we do. Because we're so programmed into productivity and what we have to do and this and that. And I'm like, you know, sometimes there are dishes in the sink and they can just live there because I am still, I'm not going to compromise on my walk on the beach or taking a moment to like be present with my kids when they're laughing. That's another pleasure. I mean, or like watching the dogs play at the dog park. Like there are so many ways that we can remember the like joy and um, playfulness of life um, mm-hmm. that I think many of us have more access to time and presence, even if we don't have like, you know, more access to money. Um, mm-hmm. And I think all you need is to start with five minutes to cultivate more presence and pleasure to kind of start to whittle your way into a pleasure centered lifestyle. I would even say like, if you are confused about what pleasure might look like, Maybe start start from the beginning. Watch a toddler play. Watch a toddler sit and wonder. Right? Like, it's just like, it's super, we were all there. At, at some point, we were all there. And the simplicity of it has just been stripped away over time. Right? Like, so, of course, like, responsibilities get in the way. We have, we, we thrust children into it so early on with, do this don't do that sit here don't sit there stand here don't touch that right like how we program each other or as humans how we are programmed to to miss the simplicity of just living a pleasure-centered life like there's so much of it is so basic yeah, being so instead of hurry doing. Up, hurry up, get in the car. Like, like, hurry up and your shoelaces. We contribute to that in huge ways. And I do as well. Like, I'm just, and I have to remind myself, be patient. Give them more time. Why am I waiting until the last minute to get out the house and then I'm rushing children and expecting them to move faster than my flow? That's crazy. Uh, and I, I think it's like a really good reminder that we, we, again, we almost always have more time than we think we have if we're intentional about it. And to me, it's the difference between being and doing. I don't want a life that's so full of doing that I stop being. And sometimes that means that like, I'm the fucking weird one in the group, right? Like I'm, you know, um, like I took a nap the other day and, um, you know, 
a lot of other people say things like, I mean, I don't have time for a nap. As if I don't also, I run two businesses. I'm a single mom. I, time is what we make of it. And I know that I will be more productive with more creative, more present with the people I love most and more capable of being a support to myself and to them. If I take a fucking nap sometimes, because when I'm tired, I'm grouchy and unkind and I'm not creative. I, th- I think work becomes, it feels like a hindrance instead of a joy. And like, that's not how I choose to live. And so I do think sometimes it means that our relationships shift when we shift our way of being in the world. And sometimes it can be a little, maybe disorienting or even like a little sad. Like I I have moments sometimes where I'm like, I feel sad that I have rushed my kids out of the house so often because I think it should only take five minutes when what they're doing was really fun and curious and engaging and, you know, maybe more important than rushing. And so like, I just using that example you just used, but like sometimes it makes people feel sad and like, that's okay. Um, and we can be sad that yesterday we did it one way and today we're going to try it a different way. And it's okay. I think we both talked about like how time is sometimes hard for us Mm -hmm. and like keeping track of time can be, can be hard. And like all of my calendar settings have reminders, (laughs) like this thing is happening hour. This thing is Mm -hmm. happening half an hour thing is happening in 10 minutes um and still it can be hard i know it takes this amount of time for my kiddo to tie his shoelaces (laughs) he is so slow he's slower than me he's so cute though and in his slow and just oh if he wasn't bigger than me and taller than me then i would be i would pick him up and kiss him that brings me pleasure he's just so freaking cute um, <laughs> I love it. And even the decision, Dana, to like see it as how sweet and endearing and cute it is versus like how annoying it is, right? That like, I think it's, it, this again, it goes back to deciding like how we're gonna shift our mindset around something. Um, mm-hmm. Just this morning, I was talking to my sister. She's like, oh, she's like, it sounds like that's so much better. And, I, and she's like, what would change? And I was like, the way I decided to feel about it and think about it. That like when I, when I'm connected to what isn't going the way that I want it to go, I am feeling frustrated and out and like, I don't have control and like, like this happening to me and I don't like it versus when I lean into what's actually happening and find the joy in it. You know, my, I was Mm -hmm. joking about my Taurus baby, but like one of my kids is a Taurus. He likes to go slow. This child takes up the longest fucking showers I've ever seen. And at first I would try to set a timer for him and brush him. And then I was like, what am I doing? I love like I, this back to pleasure centered living. Maybe your coffee or your tea in the morning isn't your thing, but your shower is. And you spend five extra minutes just like smelling mm-hmm. your body wash or like massaging your mm-hmm. hair or like nourishing your body. Like the shower is a beautiful way for like self-love and nourishment, I think. And so instead, I just said, I notice that you really like to take your time in the shower. Is that true? He's like, yes. And I'm like, so how about <laughs> you take the first shower and we start having you start earlier, not as a punishment, but so you don't have to rush. And he was like, mm-hmm. okay. 
I love that. I think that that's like the perfect, one of the perfect examples of what we can learn from children. Right. I feel like there's so much that we can learn from them. And that's like an example of, right. Like he is not concerned about where he needs to be. It's just like, I have to go wherever these people tell these, these tall people tell me I need to go and do whatever it is that these tall people are telling me I need to do. But in this moment, I'm enjoying my shower or yep. whatever. I'm enjoying Lego, enjoying daring and daring. They, they don't hesitate to take up space in doing what brings them pleasure. And we get freaking annoyed that they don't want to turn this off or they don't want to stop when we say stop instead of recognizing that in there is so much permission to say, you know how you really love your Legos? I really love reading my book. So how about you play your Legos while I read my book and we don't interrupt each other for 20 minutes? I'm just like making up an mm -hmm. example here. No, but that's, but that's the thing, right? Like I have a kid who loves to read. Like she is like, she will read all day, every day if you let her, let her do that which I'm sorry, I do, because that brings her joy. And, and who's going to get mad at a kid for reading? <laughs> it's like, read, read on, babe. Continue. Right. Do your thing. Like, feed your imagination and your suspension of disbelief. It's a beautiful thing. When we have, when we lack imagination, I think that's a problem. Yes. We don't know how to imagine a life that does that brings that's joy. it. A life that imagine it. What does that look like? Close your eyes and dream it up. Do a vision board if you've not done a vision board. Like those are. I love this idea. <laughs> oh, those are they're fun they're fun imagine what your life could look like this is back to where we started right we when when so often like when i hear a pleasure-centered lifestyle i think about lifestyles of the rich and famous or like mtv cribs or this the narratives we've been given of what pleasure that pleasure is luxury because we're not imagining our own i think what you just said dina is so spot on Imagine for yourself, like to me, pleasure is ease. And I know so many of my clients who will talk about ease and sometime after our coaching for a while, they'll say something just clicked. You talk about ease and I've been thinking easy, but even really hard things can have ease because it's mm -hmm. not easy. It's about not fighting what's happening. It's like learning to accept what is and move with it. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, that's, that a pleasurable life is one where I can move with life instead of fighting it, where I can be present for it, where I can laugh often and notice the moon and the stars and the flowers and the way my cup of tea feels when I swallow it going down my throat in the morning. And maybe it's different for you, but I think what you just said, take some time and imagine what would a pleasure-centered lifestyle mm -hmm. look like for you? Right. And not in, I mean, I would like to encourage you not to do it in a capitalistic kind of way, 
right? Like we mentioned life that Robin Leach and his lifestyles of the rich and famous, but we also live in a time of HGTV and DIY network and all of these other, um, all of this other media that's telling folks that like, this is what you need to be happy. And you need to renovate your kitchen. You need to have a kitchen. You need to own a house. You need, you know, you need to, oh, what is a horse? You need to own a house. Um, <laughs> things that you need in order to be happy. Um, I think they get in the way of really being able to access your happy without the thing. Like you can, there's all kinds of shit you can do. That's not, and it's probably not what Dana and Victoria, it's what you do, right? Like not everybody drinks tea and coffee. Not everybody wants to be outside near beach and smelling of ocean. They hate sand. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so many things, but find yours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it can be, I know, like, my partner loves to wake up outside. Like, that is just it, right? Being able to wake up in the woods, in, in the mountains, in nature, to the sound of birds. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, at first I was like, the birds are loud. Like, what? And then I was like, what a way to wake up. Like, hello, good morning, friends, right? Um, but I, that's exactly it, yeah. is that it's whatever it is for you. And it, and if, when you start to think about what brings you pleasure, it requires money or like, I can get it when, like when I buy that house I renovated or when my bathroom looks mm-hmm. nicer or when I have, it, maybe that's mm-hmm. not it. Maybe that's part of it. Don't get me wrong. I live in a very tiny apartment in a basement with my two kids and we will all have more pleasure when we have a bit more space from each other because our pleasure bumps into each other. I like quiet, they like noise, right? So there, it's not to say that there aren't reality Mm -hmm. with that. And like a bath brings me pleasure. I don't have a bathtub, but there's, I have access to a million other ways to receive pleasure today in my basement apartment that sometimes has ants in it and doesn't have a bathtub and is overcrowded. Mm. I think that's it. (laughs) I think, that's it for today. That is it for today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconnecting with Pleasure. That's all for today. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. Don't forget to smile at yourself in the mirror, have an orgasm, and laugh until your belly hurts. <laughs>